Hi, this is Teresa Willard Hughes, and I want to thank you for listening to listen to us. Can you believe this? This is our 10th podcast. I'm extremely proud of what we've done so far. I'm exceptionally grateful for the number of people who have taken the time to listen to what we have to say from around the world. I'm very proud to continue with this. So let's get started on what conversation we're going to have today. It's going to continue building on this whole concept of a rape culture that we have in the United States and around the world. This whole thing around the weaponized penis is the weapon of mass destruction. But in order for that weapon of mass destruction to really take place, it has to have an organization. There has to be a functioning way of how it operates. Rape, childhood sexual violence, and incest that takes place over a number of years, perpetrated by at least one individual, say over a three-year period, is not done by chance, not at all. It's not done just by opportunity. We're talking about that there is a structure in which that we have to look at. And one of the things I hope are those people who are healthcare providers, mental health providers, medical providers, social services providers, they begin to understand that it's not just about what happens to those of us who are victimized, but it's about the entire organizational system. And so there are various people that are going to be involved as we are talking about this, their roles and how they played and how they supported this, either full tilt or silently, but primarily their silence and how that silence impacts them as well. Childless sexual violence, incest and rape impacts every Everybody that's involved. It is not just a perpetrator of the crime, those of us who are victimized. But as you listen to this podcast, you'll understand there's a structure, a well-honed machine. So let's talk about it from that standpoint. Majority of us have jobs and we've owned businesses and we're very proud of who we are, who we work for. And that machine, that business, that organization provides us financial security. Not only does it provide us financial security, but it also gives us status. It gives us prestige. I am a board member of X, Y, and Z. I am a proud leader of the Boy Scouts. I'm a proud leader of the U.S. gymnastic teams. I see my girls going on to be able to get gold medals. I am a member of what major congregation of a mega church or a small church that is just beginning to be formed. But we identify by who we work for, the level of income that we generate, and that organization status. And we take that in a great deal of pride. So when you're looking at childhood sexual violence and looking at this infrastructure, it's taken me about 40 years. I'm a little slow on this stuff. 40 years to recognize that it doesn't matter if we're talking about if the childhood sexual violence and incest to our rape takes place within the family or it takes a place a religious organization or school districts colleges it doesn't really matter where it's at it doesn't matter what the organization is be it say the boy scouts or the u.s gymnastics team it does not matter but there are the six levels that when you're talking about how this organizational works this infrastructure feeds into allowing a predator to continue perpetrating crimes. So as we go on, many of you know that I'm deaf, deafer than a doornail most of the time, so sometimes it's hard for me to edit, is that we have a term called selective hearing. People choose to hear what they want to hear. They can hear everything else, but they will choose not to hear children crying out for help. You don't want to hear what they have to say. So when you ask us years later, why didn't we talk? And we say we did. 
You chose not to hear. But I also think there's selective blindness. For those of you who are the blind community, allow me to impose that upon you. I think that there is because you choose not to see things that you want don't want to see. Because if you hear it, you may have to respond. If you see it, you would have to respond. So what you do is you choose not to see. You choose not to hear our cries. You choose whatever your organization is. You choose your financial security. You choose to be able to maintain your own self-preservation and your reputation over those of us who are young children who are victimized. Let me talk you through what we're going to do over the next four weeks. The org chart works around childhood sexual abuse rape and incest. Next week, we'll talk about how it impacts families and not only about while it's happening, but long term. Third week, we'll end up talking about, from a religious standpoint, what happens within churches and religious organizations, how young victims are silenced and why they are silenced. We'll talk about it from that standpoint. The next group we'll end up talking about is looking at what happens at schools, at colleges. And it's going to be interesting because of the new administrative laws by Betsy DeVos. But we'll be talking about the amount of violence that takes place against young children and within the schools or even when they go back to school after it's happened. So we'll be talking about from the fourth graders on through high through high school and then on to college. And then we'll be talking about what ends up happening in major organizations, U.S. gymnastics teams or tennis teams or whatever the sporting team may be. And then you add on to that the Boy Scouts. Many of you have been victimized within any of these organizations, churches or the four that we've talked about that we'll be having the discussion. We don't have a place to hide. We For years, there was a statute of limitations that were imposed, and now that they have been swept away in many states, they're dropping them away. What ends up happening is major organizations file bankruptcy, and as a result of that, they're protected. While we are still left holding the bag, left victimized, left feeling ashamed, left managed, trying to manage our lives on our own. Now let's talk about the org chart. If you go to our website, strongpowerfulandvictorious.com, you'll see this. If you go to our our Facebook groups called Understanding. If you go to our Facebook group, Understanding Betrayal, Rape, Childhood Sexual Violence, and Incest, this chart will be there as well. I'm putting up two charts, one for you to see how I structured it and, and put in the names. The other chart will be a blank one for you to be able to put the names in of whoever you would want to. I think that it will be helpful for you to understand that what you did was nothing wrong. The system that we are dealing with was all against us. And that is the truth. And we have to be able to own that. But also own the fact that you have survived in whatever way that you have done so. You are po- you're strong, you're powerful, and you're victorious. Let's own our strength. Let's own who we are. So first of all, I'm going to talk about what we call the head predator in charge, HPIC. This is the sexual predator that's wise and talented and manipulative. This person has embedded themselves within an organization or embedded themselves into a religion, embedded themselves within a family. And whatever he does or she does that's violating children, people are concerned. They may be upset about it. But what they want to do and what they need to do in their own mind is protect themselves, protect the family, protect the organization, protect the religion, and they will do whatever is necessary to do so. 
I don't think they're bad people. I think that they're just self-centered. I think that these are people who have chosen not to stand up. I don't have a lot of faith in them for anything anything else that they do. But this sexual predator has embedded themselves within them. And as a result of it, they are now left to scramble to be able to either handle the situation, not going after the predator, but going after that individual, that child, as the child grows older, going after them and reminding them that they're not worthy, that somehow it was our fault. What could they have possibly done to help us? You didn't tell us. That's a damn lie. You know it, and I know it. The second tier called the Adoring Queen or the adoring organization, church, or whoever the institution may be. Why do I call that? That tear right under the predator, that at all costs, they're going to be protective. So you think about the number of women, or mothers, or maternal figures, know that their their partner, their husband, or their sons are violating someone. They're the first people to stand up and protect their son. This didn't happen it was a girl's fault. Somehow she caused this. She was a slut. She was fast. She was whatever. But she is the adoring one. My aunt was this person. She was the adoring queen to my father. She loved, love, 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 love the big title of the missus. She would do anything to protect her status as being the missus. She knew I was being sexually violated. She seen it. She heard it. She knew what was going on. But in her mind, it was fine. I was unworthy. I was the sacrificial child. 53 years after they had been married and he finally died, thank God for small favors on that situation, she sat on my sofa in my home after my grandfather died. And she sat there to try to tell my friends what a wonderful, loving husband I interrupted that level of BS and tossed her ass out of the house. But then you think about it from a standpoint of, of a large organization. The Boy Scouts, how many years were boys being violated from that organization and no one talked about it? What, was there over 6,000? Six, no, 6,000 sexual predators and nobody talked about it? If you look at the Catholic Church, if you look at fundamental churches, you look at Jehovah Witnesses, you look at any, you look at Mormons, you look at any Christian organization, when they know that someone is violating their children within that in that community, they just move those people along. They have chosen not to have their churches, their organizations be tarnished, so they silently move that person on. They may pay you off. They will end up saying that you're a horrible person. You brought it on. They will bring the shame upon you. But the reality is there is too much financial estate at that point, too much status, too much of who they are and their reputation. And their reputation, their financial security are not going to be jeopardized by some powerless, voiceless child. They are not going to wreck everything for us. I learned that years ago. They don't really give a damn about us, but they do care about their status. Third tier of this conversation are all the people that are the managers, the judicial system, all of these programs that they have, and you'll see it on the chart. They're the people who move people around. So you have whoever is in charge says priest so-and-so or father so-and-so should be moved. You have somebody who is a celebrity like R. Kelly or Jeffrey Epstein. They can't help but know that these things are happening with them and they can see it. But they're the ones who are facilitating. They're bringing the girls in. They're moving them out. They're moving things around. 
They're the movers and the shakers, those quiet ones behind. They're the managers of the hotels. They're the taking care of the houses while this is happening. They know what's happening, but the idea of being around an R. Kelly and the ideal of being around a Jeffrey Epstein is so empowering to them. The celebrity status of them protects who they are. And they protect them because they only prey on vulnerable children, vulnerable kids that have no rights, no voices, and they prey upon that group of kids. And so you're able to move these powerless, voiceless people, in it, girl, young girls, primarily in and out of a household. And these are the movers and shakers that do it. But then you have a judicial system that you listen to judges are now talking and they're having this conversation. But somehow it's the girl's fault. She shouldn't have worn that outfit. The police may not take them very seriously as well. So once again, the, and the girl is, is blamed. And this paradigm of unequalness is just unbelievable. And you add to that what we talked about in one of our last podcasts on social media, where the media even talks about not as a 13, 14-year-old girl. They'll say she's a young woman. She's not a young woman. We've had this conversation. She's a child. She has no rights at 14 years old. She has no ability to make decisions. But yet somehow she defined as a young woman. And the other one is you talk about this craziness that there's a relationship. Keep going back to it. There's no relationship when you're sexually violating the child. The only relationship may be biological, but it's not like there's a romance relationship. So let's end that part of the conversation. So the fourth person in this whole paradigm of the organizational chart are those of us who have been victimized. I don't know how to put it any more impolitely or politely as I can say. We're disposable. We're interchangeable. It doesn't matter who they're screwing. It, we are just people or cogs that they use to end abuse. It doesn't matter who we are. They will take advantage of us. We are disposable. What a thought. We're interchangeable. What a thought to think about who we are. And we are made to believe that somehow this was our fault. Somehow that we wore the wrong dress. Somehow that we liked the person and we thought that they were going to be kind to us and we didn't know any better. Let's remember who we were. We were children. We didn't know any better. There was nothing that we did that was wrong. What ended up happening to us to survive, that's really where the problem comes long term. We survive in different levels. We strive in different levels. We crash in different levels. But the reality is that the consequences of what happens to us for our health, for our society, be it being incarcerated, substance abuse, be it gaining weight, being obese, being our We have learned to try to manage our own life without any adults around us that were supposed to protect us. And that is where the ultimate betrayal of this whole thing is. You think about what we go through being betrayed. When we're talking about whatever it's be in our family, be in our religion, be the institutions that we think that we need to be in because we think it's going to be great for us, the Boy Scouts, gymnastics. You think about it from the standpoint of you're a young girl, you worked your butt off to get into the right college, you're happy there, you're doing well, and somehow you get raped. And then the college turns back on you because what they're more concerned about about if, if it was an athlete, can he play ball? The other one is somehow is talking about what his career is going to be by you talking about this, how it's going to hurt him. I don't really give a rat's ass about him. I really don't, Betsy DeVos and everybody else. I don't give a damn. 
We built a culture by which the young boys think that it's okay. What was that line of BS? Boys will be boys? I raised two sons. Boys will not be boys if you have a mother who says, I will kick your ass if you do anything like this. I will do anything to protect you. But you harm a woman? You harm a girl? I don't know your ass. Learn that trick sometime for mothers. The fifth group in this are the ones that I call the silent siblings. That is a challenging group for me all along. Because what happens within family structures, there are a number of us who have been sexually violated. We have protected our younger siblings so that they wouldn't be violated. But they don't remember that a lot of times. There's, they may live in fear that as their breasts develop, that their father, whoever the sexual predator, is going to go against them later on. So they don't say anything. Imagine what they what their mindset is. They have watched this. They have known that it has happened, but they have chosen their own survival and not protected their siblings. That happens all the time. One of the things that my sisters have said to me over the years when we've had this conversation, well, he didn't rape me. It's like, I don't really give a shit he didn't rape you. You knew he raped me. I do not sit down at the dinner table with a goddamn rapist. We ain't having Thanksgiving dinner, let alone Christmas holidays together. But in their mind, and in so many other siblings' mind, if it didn't happen to them, it did, It was okay. It is not okay. Each one of these groups that we're talking about, other than those of us who have been silenced, they have chosen themselves over us. And it's wrong. It is just absolutely wrong. It is time that we call out agencies. It's time that we call out organizations, religions. And it's time that we start looking at who we are and how we fit in this paradigm and realize how strong we are. Because let's face it, we have not only fought the predator to survive. We've we've had to fight and try to win against the adoring queen or the or the, or the institution. We've had to battle the judicial system, all the managers and everybody else. Talk about the strength that it takes for us to do that. That is strong. That is powerful. That is victorious. That we who have been victimized, have stood up in our own way against who have violated us. And then we have our, our, our siblings or whoever the managers are along the way that have remained silent. We have battled. We have won. We have lost. Oh, Lord, 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 the landlord. Don't let me tell you the number of times that I've lost in battles with these assholes. But each time you rise up, each time we stand up, each time we find the strength that we can get up a little faster than the last time, but we are able to stand. This program is for all of us to stand up, to rise up, for our voices to be heard. And then we have to do it because there's a next generation that we have to protect. Those of us who have been victimized and we have children and we look at what could happen to our future generations. If we are unhealthy because of obesity and the actions that we took to try to survive when we were younger children, we didn't know any better. It causes a harm to our our children and our great and our grandchildren. You can look at this one bastard going back to who the head predator in charge is. And you can look at the number of people that they have damaged along the way. Some people will call it collateral damage as if that's just a catch-all phrase. But remember, that's a child. 
Remember that's someone who's growing up as an adult. Remember that's someone's future mother and grandmother. That is not collateral damage. That is real lives. We have to be able to do more. We have to be able to look at it as an org chart to be able to stand where we are. For those of you who are behavior health or social services, or work in social services, the number of patients that you will see, and people will come in, look at this chart because you may be thinking you're t- talking to just the, you may be talking to those of us who are victimized, but there's a whole group of people that you're not seeing. That's the siblings. That's those of us, those who have remained silent, but they witness all. They're just as damaged, if not more damaged than we are. We understand the results of what happened. They may not. If you look then at the judicial system and who you're working for, what are they doing to be able to help us and for you to understand the roles that they played in this? So I'm asking you to go to our website. I will post this for you to be able to look at. I hope that you respond to it. And I would love to hear your comments about what you think about what we're talking about. Until then, I want to till next week, I want to say to you, God bless you. and You take care of yourselves. And in these weird times with the coronavirus, stay healthy, stay social distancing. For those of us who are deaf, this whole mask thing is a pain in the ass because I read lips. I don't know how in the hell I'm supposed to be able to function soon. God bless you. You take care of yourself. And take care. Bye-bye. It's Tracy.